We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The world has changed. And Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Edmonton, Canada, where the UFC is coming, we are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. News, politics, President Trump, film, TV, UFC, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's No Holes Barred Radio, folks. And we are here today with a very special show again and a special guest again, as that's what we do on It's Time. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, you're good? Everything ready? Uh, always good, Buff. Always good. That's awesome. We got a lot to talk about, but more importantly, I want to bring our guest on. This is a very, very um, good friend of mine for many, many years. See him all the time at goals. The man is just consistently one of the most amazing uh, fitness bodybuilders. You can name a personal trainer, model. This man's done everything. And we'll go into what need you know what, what that means and what it's all about. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Let's bring on man extraordinaire, Superman, superhero, because he looks like it when he walks down the street, <laughs> Mike O'Hearn. Hi, Mike. How are you? Oh, my brother. I'm good, <laughs> my man. How you guys doing? You guys good? Yeah, we're good. You know, we're just, I'm traveling like crazy. I was, where the hell was I last week? I was San Antonio, had a great show, Edmonton, Canada this week, Newark, New Jersey next week, and then the international travel begins. So on the road as a road warrior, which you do too, Mike, uh, you, you just came off a big, yeah. let me, give me one second. Let me, let me give, let me give the people just a little background real quick. Go Our for it, go for little, it. Okay. Uh, everybody, this is, this is why I want to have Michael on the show. Okay, Mike on the show, excuse me. Mike is an American bodybuilder, actor, personal trainer. He's a model. And when I say that, it's true because he's been featured on over, get this, TJ, 500 magazine covers, 500. He was a fitness model of the year seven times. And one thing a lot of people remember from the show American Gladiators, Mike was on the original Gladiator from 1989 to 96 as Thor, the character Thor. And then you came out again in the 2008 series as Titan. And that's a very important word in your career. And he's the founder of Power <laughs> Bodybuilding. And that's a training program that focuses on developing strength, hypertrophy, along with aesthetics. So, Mike. Hey, real quick, Buff, can I just point that out? That's a hell of an accomplishment to be an American gladiator in multiple decades. It's awesome. I mean, how many – Mike, was anybody else on that show in the original that was on the second show, or are you the only one? The only guy. The wow. only man. And did they contact yeah. you right away for that? Like, we're doing this, we want you back, or did you go after him? 
You know what's cool is uh, they called me up and said, hey, uh, we're bringing it back. We want you on the show. And I said, um, no, uh, but I'll try out again. And if I, uh, if I do well in the tryouts and, and I kick ass, uh, then I'll take the show. Um, so I, I, I said no to NBC about just walking on and getting my spot. I didn't feel that was fair. So I went on. Uh, we did a tryout, uh, 275, and I beat everybody on all aspects of the uh, tryouts. So then I got uh, the show and became team captain of the uh, new season, the seasons. Seasons, exactly. Now, yeah. uh, just, just out of curiosity, what was the hardest test they gave you in the tryout? Um, they did, well, I was 275, so I'm competing against guys 200, 220 on pull-ups, and I did uh, 36 pull-ups in 30 seconds, and the next closest guy was like 25. All right, slow down um, and slow yeah. down and stop the truck. Yeah. 275 yeah. pounds, you do 36 pull-ups at less than a second in- each? Yeah, yeah, nonstop, 36, bam, crushed it. Round going to the gym. 40, yeah, and this is, uh, this is 20 years after uh, being on the original. So that's, that's, I wanted to make a statement and just kind of show myself, you know, and you know me, this is about me competing against me, but if I'm going to get an offer, uh, I want to earn it. I don't want to just have something handed to me. My self-esteem is getting lower and lower with every <laughs> word that Mike says. Very admirable. <laughs> Very, did you say you ran a four eight forty? Yeah. Mike, yeah. why don't you put on some pads and go to training camp? What's up with that? <laughs> um, I was a baller. I did. I did. That's why. Uh, we're good, man. I am in Georgia. Just so you guys understand, this uh, the weather is playing with the uh, Wi-Fi here. Um, but uh, you know, you know me for a long time. You know that I've been an athlete, born and raised. This this whole gladiator mentality. Right. Um, and, and, and my whole thing is about longevity. It wasn't just about winning the trophy the one day or winning Mr. Universe and then uh, all show, no go. Uh, that was just never me. Exactly. Now, you know, this developing of both strength, you know, when you're Titan crew that you put your I want I want to know more about the Titan crew and yeah. the people that your members, how you work with them and explain the meaning behind hypertrophy along with aesthetics. Can you give us that, please? Yeah, I mean, back in the day, uh, I'm talking early, early on, uh, when it was bodybuilders, and I'm talking about like the Steve Reeves days, uh, the, the 50s and 60s, the great thing about those guys, and they lived a healthy life for 70, 80 years, is that they were not just strong, they were powerlifters and bodybuilders, and then the world got away from that, and then you got these guys that just want to be all show and no go, um, and you got into this whole concept of just lifting light and, and moving around the weights and um, have a beautiful physique, but there was nothing to it. There was no other aspect to it. And the reason why I don't do it that way and I teach not to do it that way is that's not longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're creating something where you're only doing the surface and where my stuff is more bone density and connective tissue. And so you see me lift, and you can you can back this up, or or the people in the last thirty years have been coming through golds. There's never a day that I was weak, um, even regardless of my dieting or, or or slimming down or getting big. And that is the bone density and connective tissue. And you UFC fans will understand this. And I always talk about this. I always talk about I'll take a hundred and eighty pound wrestler, and I'll put him up against a two hundred and eighty pound bodybuilder, and the hundred and eighty pound wrestler will destroy the two eighty bodybuilder. But we're talking two different things. We're talking about one guy looks so muscular and big, the world will assume 
that 280-pound bodybuilder will crush the 180-pound wrestler, which it's not true. The 180-pound wrestler has such strong connective tissue, mm -hmm. and that's true strength. That's man strength. Mm -hmm. And that is what's going to toss around the big boys. And so that's what my belief is in, in life, and that is longevity. Longevity is from the inside out. It's not just what you look like. I have always agreed with that theory of thought. I train with that theory of thought. I try to eat consistently and do the other things needed to maintain the physique that you're talking about because I'm all about core strength, inner strength, connective tissue. I, one thing I refer to when I see people working out at the gym and just pumping up and pumping up, I call it, I mean, I don't mean to insult anybody, but in my mind, I call it ice cream muscles. It's like just putting it on the outside, but there's nothing in the inside like you're explaining to support that it's kind of like having a small heart and a big body you know it's not a balance i, I say it's a shiny car with a bad engine there you go it, that it makes it makes no sense and i understand how uh, you know mostly in today's world with social media you want to look good you want to have these great abs but do you want to have it for a year or a couple years or do you want to be jacked and look like a superhero your whole life that's a decision you need to make and you need to make that as a young kid Absolutely agree. And the Titan crew that you have, how many, yeah. I know on Instagram, you have over a million followers. Yeah. Um, and we will appreciate you telling people you were on the show, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and when we, when we release it on Thursday, I'll, I'll give you a notice. Anyway, just playing, but totally serious. Um, <laughs> with, <laughs> uh, but with a million followers you have and building as I've, I've been following your Instagram for a while now, and it's, and it's really commendable. I mean, in the last few years, watching your progress is, is fantastic. How many members of the Titan crew do you, uh, are you a how do you say uh, a Yoda for you as the teacher yeah. for and the motivational person for how many how many people are you working with? I now? have I have over thirty thousand worldwide. Wow! That are in the Titan crew um, that are avid uh, users of my system and training plans and um, it's it's a it's a nice it's a nice crew and it's a, it's a positive crew. That's the one main thing. More than working out more than eating right more than trying to be uh um anything superior to others it's about just being kind and about um trying to help each other and and build each other up is is the number one principle of what i believe in and what does and it take go ahead go ahead no uh, don't call me a goat head what's up with that no go ahead i said go ahead <laughs> are you gonna hit me when i see uh, you come on now <laughs> um the number one thing is, is just to come in and, and want to work and try to be better. And, and, and it's the old philosophy of, uh, I think, uh, Bruce Lee is observe, um, attempt and apply, uh, those, those basic things, um, are the main things that I, I believe in. And that's how they become part of the Titan crew. Uh, and they, uh, work out with my program. So it's a, it's a great thing. And then I developed apps so they can do the program, they can do the nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So I get a, you know, uh, you said personal training and back in the days, you know, you, you can only work so much. And now I get to work with thousands of people every single day, which is amazing. And do you impress upon them, the, which I'm sure you do, the importance of stretching and, and, and getting your body ready for these workouts? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, it's I stay basic. I believe in basic works. I think when what's happening is everybody is trying to go so advanced. Um, and all I see is more and more injuries. And then on top of that, and it's besides injuries, some things you're just trying to, 
whatever you're doing in your 20s and you're setting yourself up, can you maintain that into your 30s? Can you maintain that into your 40s? Um, is, is one of those big things that I try to teach early on. And the hardest thing for anybody, and you know this, you're an athlete, you're around the most extreme athletes in the world. Telling somebody less is more, that's a tough one to swallow. Agreed. Um, but it, it really is. Less is more. And I was I, I had Rampage Jackson on uh, my podcast, and we were talking about, hey, you ever overtrain? And I think you guys will fully understand this. And he goes, well, I overtrained a few times. And I go, Rampage, you re- overtrained every single day of your life. Mm-hmm. And UFC fighters have to, and, and that's unfortunate um, in one aspect because it breaks down the body, um, but the other aspect is that the nutrition has to be so much better for you guys, for all the UFC fighters, MMA fighters, um, because the amount of training they do uh, is they have to train so much. Um, so I just worry about uh, the concept that, that the average Joe tries to follow or mimic that when that's not going to be the best thing for the, for the average Joe. No, I agree with you completely. And, um, you know, when you look at this and you see what they go through and then there's the pain aspect that comes from training, there are certain things. Do you preach CBDs to your, uh, Titans? I do. I do. Uh, it's, it's great. Um, it's great. Anything that, you know, is new age in the sense of, and it's not harmful, um, is great stuff. And CBD is a great thing. Um, and everybody gets always, everybody gets injuries. And the one thing I, I, again, press upon people is don't stop, continue to move forward. It's uh, when I was training Michael Bisping, one of the things is he has one bad shoulder. Uh, mm-hmm. And the one thing is we have to still train those shoulders the best we can. And we got to move around different exercises. So if we can't do shoulder press, we're going to do side laterals. If we can't do side laterals, we'll do rear delts. Still strengthen everything up around the shoulder. So the shoulder will get stronger within itself, and then it will take care of the the owie or the injury. Um, Go for it. Which I totally agree with because personally, and I've talked about the show or mentioned it before. I think we've discussed it too. I, I do do all the surfing I've done all my life, the martial arts, boxing. That's what the doctors told me. Basically just staying in shape and leading a very active life. I'm one of those ones that suffers from basically almost no cartilage left in my shoulders. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I've had the stem cell treatments and all, and I have to work around that. And I, my way that I do it is swimming, lifting the weights, like you said, in a way that's Great. not damaging. But yep. I do boxing workouts underwater, swimming workouts, uh, chest arm workouts underwater with resistance um, paddles or, or resistance things I hold in my hand. I get a great workout like that and I'm not damaging my shoulders anymore. So when I go in the gym and I do my weightlifting, which I do two or three times a week to get the full balance of what I do, um, it pays off. I like to mix up my training, you know, with kettlebells and, and again, like I said, the swimming pool and, and the weights at golds and, and, and yoga, you know, when I can put it in there. Um, I find that if I change it, I don't get bored. And I try to mix it yep. so everything feeds each other. Do you now? You see me work out. Do you have yep. any? Do you think I work out well? Or what well, you let see? me jump back for a sec. Jump back okay. for a sec because everything you just said there is is brilliant um, because you're mixing it up, but you're finding ways to still get the shoulder movement. Right. And the best thing for your body, regardless of the injury or the level of the injury, is two things. One is movement, and the second one is mentally knowing you can do some movements. Because you and I, with all of our appearances, and you hear about it all the time, the guy that comes up and goes, ah, I, I got a bad back. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, how old are you? Uh, I'm 45. All right. And when did you hurt your back? In high school. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Hold on. You're holding on to that mentally. And that's how society is. If they get injured at one time, that injury is for the rest of their lives. Where you're in the, you got always. That's, that's just the way it goes. That's what happens to us. But you mentally go, I'm not going to settle down. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to find other ways to do it, which is brilliant. Um, and the way you're doing it is smart, too. Mostly the other aspects of the, the swimming. Um, still working around the boxing, but doing it with water. Those are just great ideas, man. And for all your listeners or my listeners that are going to hear this, that is smart. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I think I, I think I've had my praise for the day. I feel really good about that. <laughs> I do. You know, uh, with that being said, I want to let the people know something about you, and I'd like you to elaborate on this a little bit. Yeah. I know you're a huge UFC fan. Of course, you work yep. with Michael Bisping. You work with Rampage. You said and others. You're tough yeah. as nails, and I say that because people don't know. You have a very strong uh, background in judo. And can you explain your martial arts background? And did you ever, ever consider fighting in MMA over the 24 years that we've been in existence, or 27 years we've been in existence? Um, Yeah, I started with Jeet Kune Do as a kid and karate, uh, did tournament fighting then. Um, And then I ran into a guy, uh, an incredible judo player, uh, one of our best ever, Mike Swain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Mike says, you gotta, gotta make the switch. Cause I also wrestled and stuff. And we switched over to, uh, judo and I competed in judo and, and, uh, had fun with it and kicked some butt on it. And it's one of those things where, again, um, I was raised in a family of 10 and, uh, my dad and mom both did martial arts. Um, uh, my dad was a bodybuilder also. And so we were bred to be gladiators and, by the time I was, you know, 20, I already got American gladiators and was competing in power bodybuilding and martial arts. And I just continued that pattern of, of keeping it in a lifestyle of that. So it's, it's a great thing. It's, uh, I may look one way, um, but the great thing about it is after somebody fights me on Battledome or gladiators or on the mats, uh, they go, oh, okay. Um, it, it's a little different. And so, so it, Go. It's a lot different, Mike, and it's a lot different from others that are bodybuilders, fitness experts, and all. Because I have to point something out. I mean this with all respect to everybody we see in the gym. But for the most part, when I see great bodybuilders from the past and fitness stars from the past, both men and women, when they're my age at 62 or when they're your age at 50 and about to go into their 50s, they just don't look that great. It's like all before. You have maintained an amazing physique that has done nothing but gotten better. The change is very, very little. It's just, it's, it, it blows me away when I see you. Your positive attitude, the way you talk, and people can hear that from the way you're discussing these things with us on the show today. But what is it, what, why is it, and, and I have to ask this because the subject comes up, is that because they were living in the moment too much earlier, putting things in their body they shouldn't have to get to the point they wanted to, not thinking about the future as you brought up earlier? Is it just bad training and bad diet? Is there a reason that there's not many people that look as good as you at your age that are in your business? Yeah, I think there was a, a couple things. One is that um, I started at such a young age that I had one aspect already completed. Um, by the time I was 17, my dad had me stop competing against teenagers and only compete against men. So by 19, I was uh, took second in powerlifting against the men. So I was already extremely strong. Right. I was already doing martial arts, so I had a calmness to me or a peaceful warrior-ness to me. And then understand that I grew up with dyslexia. And so from the start, 
I was already an outcast. I was already a, a, a reject, um, a forgotten child in the sense of, uh, well, you're, you're going to be less than average. Um, and I accepted the fact that I was odd and different, and I loved that aspect. And I, um, because I couldn't read well, I took to sports, um, and I, I lived in the moment of being different and unique. And so I loved the idea of challenges. And the one thing that I always did was uh, I always competed in both uh, drug-tested shows and against the guys that were taking stuff. And the one thing that I noticed is um, I could win both against them. And that just kind of, at a young age, made me go, hey, you know what? This may take me longer, but at least all the work that I do, all the work in the kitchen, eating right and training right, it may take me longer to get to where I want to get, but I get to keep everything that I'm putting on. And that was the one aspect I said, if I'm going to do this much work, why would I want to, you know, and you've been in the gym long enough and everybody has, mm -hmm. you're in the gym and you see these guys and they look incredible for three months out of the year. And then suddenly they disappear and they get skinny and fat or they get really strong and then they lose it again. Mm -hmm. I was just never, never wanted to lose the strength. I never wanted to uh, lose the work I put in. And the hardest thing for anybody is to say, well, in 30 years, how much muscle did I put on a year? 0.7. Mm -hmm. I put on 0.7 muscle a year. Now, everybody knows that, or, or at least somewhat know that you can put on about five or seven pounds of muscle. Everybody can. Um, but as you get older, you start to lose it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I stayed consistent. And so it was the accepting of my path has taken a long time. If that so I, I accepted the long path, um, and now I'm, I can enjoy the benefits from that uh, at this stage instead well, of trying to rush it at such a young age. Yeah, exactly, and I think that it's very important that at that young age, because you started bodybuilding at 14, as you said, and you won the, yeah. uh, the Teenage Washington State competition early, and you know, it basically you kept that consistent, and that's what I see. It's like, you know what, I, I, here's what I compare that to. You look at great fighters as well as mixed martial artists and boxers. You look at certain boxers and you say, like for instance, Sugar Ray Leonard, right? He's in shape 365 days a year and still is at the age of you know almost 60 or whatever he is right now. You look at mixed martial artists that can take the call to arms at a moment's notice because they stay in shape all year long. When you go through those swings in your body, it's like swings at a poker table. You're either winning or you're losing. And I think once that swing happens, you're not winning, you're losing. So the consistency is key, and that's what you've done since you were 14. You're talking 36 years of knowing what you're doing, being consistent about it, and maintaining, and not just living in the moment. It's a tough thing to do. It's a very, very, very tough thing. We know that. We know that. And, and you know, we've known each other so long. We, we used to play uh, – we had the first UFC game, didn't we? Uh-huh. Uh, game Boy or whatever over your dream, house. Dream, Dreamcast. 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 There yeah. you go. <laughs> um, and, and so we've known each other a long time and, and the one great thing about it is you and just me talking to you and, and being on today I, I want to say thank you first but also just uh, you've, you've grown so much uh, the world knows you um, but uh, you have stayed the same guy which I love thank you, you you're, you're the same guy down to earth uh, regardless of how massive you've become globally um and how big ufc has come you've never walked in 
with the upturned nose, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to call you a friend. Thank you, Mike. And I throw that right back at you because I say the same thing about you. And yes, we've known each other a very long time and it's been a pleasure the whole time and motivating at the same time. And thank you that, you know, that, that makes, again, you made my day twice. <laughs> uh, I, there's two types of ego in life, Mike, and one is constructive, which I believe you have and I have because we have large egos. The other is conceited, which I don't like. And that's a sense of false ego where people think they're better than the people around them at times and not really looking at the reality of the situation. So I feel that the way for me to prove that I'm better than somebody is in my performance, right? But as a human being, I'm equal to everybody and I give everybody the time of day. And that's just, I can't change that. That's how I was raised. And you say the same thing. To be great, and whatever life we choose to be great in, whether a busboy, an attorney, an actor, or a bodybuilder, is to be humble and enjoy where you're at and appreciate and respect others. Just my attitude. I agree with you, man. 100%. Now, another thing, too, is you and your beautiful wife, uh, Midja. And please, I, I want to make sure I'm saying her name correctly. Oh, it's uh, Mona. 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 But her, Mona. Mona. Okay. Um, yeah, Mona. Mona. <laughs> there Stay we go. with me. Stay with me on that I'm one. with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Mona, pardon me. Pardon me, Mona. Oh, gosh. That she's going to hit me now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, That's right. You love animals, right? Yes. Yeah, you big time. Big time. You always have your dog in Golds, which was actually yes. a first. I don't think anybody brought uh, a dog or animal into Golds until you did, which I love. I think it's great. Great. Now, I don't mean to bring up a sore subject. Did you lose one of your animals recently and you got a new one? I did. Uh, I'm so sorry. I, did, I didn't get a new one, um, but yeah, I uh, I had uh, for those that don't know me, I had uh, uh, three pups, um, and I had uh, two dogs from a photo shoot for Muscle and Fitness, and this is in, believe it or not, uh, 2000. The cover shoot for Muscle and Fitness in 2000. They brought two puppies to the uh, the set, and I was shooting with them, and you're going, wait a minute, it's 219. I know it's 2019. My pups lived my my pup lived for uh, 19 years and uh, she just passed away. Um, so yes, it was a it was a huge thing to me. Uh, she yeah. was my first adult dog, but she was with me through uh, losing my mom. Um, I'm sorry to sorry. cancer to losing my dad from cancer and just the ups and downs of the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, but I lost her. But the, you know what the great thing about that was? It was. Um, or how society, I don't know how they, the, my fans view me. They understand that I, I don't walk with an ego. I'm not a, uh, a tough guy in any sense, and I'll put my feelings out there. But the uh, me going through that struggle of losing my puppy, um, man, what did it do to, to society and people out there? And it is an amazing thing how you can help people um, by being you. If that makes sense to you guys, if it, it may, it, it's, it's not me trying to hide or do something else, but it was me going through this pain of losing somebody that was my best friend for 20 years and longer with me longer than anybody else at, um, and, and, and doing that and struggle of that. Uh, it was an incredible support from the world around that. Um, so that was a, a sad thing, but it, the world kind of made it uh, easier on me. And it was incredible to see the feedback from, People, fans and friends, or I call them my titans, that would just write up and go, man, I, I, I felt the pain for you, and I also went through that and uh, didn't know how to react. And watching you and how you were honest and reacted to it really helped me understand that pain. Uh, so it was a, uh, a painful thing, but a very learning moment. But yeah. Beautifully explained. Um, 
I, I, I loved seeing you with your dog. And all I can say is I, I understand because I'm an animal lover. And I've been through a couple situations similar myself. I am sorry to hear about your parents uh, passing from that horrible C word. Um, but you know what? It all makes us stronger. It must make you stronger oh, to be a better yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the one, the puppy you see me with is Stryker. And Stryker and I started 10 years ago visiting a uh, children's hospital. And wow. I uh, got her trained as a hospice uh, dog. Um, and so that is why 10 years ago, I got to start bringing her with me, um, traveling the United States or in Canada, and then also uh, into Gold's Gym, because she was one of the first to do this. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that's why I know some people don't understand it. Why does this guy have his dog with him? There's a story to it. And the story is that uh, we do charity work every time we travel to locations and we visit hospitals and we uh, visit the children's hospital and I work with the Shriners Children's Hospital and we raise money for them and try to give back and try to help. And so it's not just uh, some guy walking around with a dog, but we're, we're trying to do good here. And you do, Mike, you do very well. And getting back to your beautiful animals, uh, Rudyard Kipling, one of my favorite poets ever, the historical uh, poet, he wrote a, a poem called The Power of the Dog, which all dog lovers should read. You can Google it. And there's one line in there to give your heart to a dog to tear. And that's not about it tearing it uh, in a bad way. Yeah. It's because you're so, I mean, let's face it, it's your best friend, you know, yep. like you said, and totally understandable. You uh, gave you me tingles on that one. You give me tingles, brother. <laughs> read yeah, the poem. I got I to read that. Read I the poem. Read Tingle more. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Mike, you're a very fascinating guy. I mean, it's, uh, I've even got to know you a little better here um, than all the times we talk back and forth. And, and I really appreciate your being on the show but Absolutely. the aspects of what you're preaching, this is called living a good life. It's called being a good person, living a good life, and sharing yourself with others so they can better themselves in their own ways too. And that's an attitude that I have very strong, and I commend you for it. Do me a favor. Tell How do people get to you to get on the Titan program? And what and, and explain how do you become a Titan? How, do, how does somebody uh, do that? Well, you can follow me on any kind of uh, social media uh, Mike O'Hearn, M-I-K-E-O-H-E-A-R-N. Um, and if you are following me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, or just emails uh, at Mike at MikeOhern.com, uh, you can, first of all, start a healthy nutrition plan. I have an app for that that helps you do that. Um, and there's even extra stuff. Uh, there's workout plans. Uh, if you want to train four days a week or you're crazy like me and want to train six days a week, I have workout plans for you. Um, and the great thing is it's affordable. It's not these thousand dollar programs. It's seven bucks a month. Um, and anybody can get seven bucks and just give up your uh, latte for a day. Uh, and then on top of that, what I do is I have a private uh, Titan crew Facebook page where I talk to everybody worldwide uh, once a week. And we just talk about their nutrition and their training. And more importantly, that you can't get on an app is I talk about working around the things that you and I talked about. Hey, I got a bad injury. Hey, um, I have a death in the family. I don't know what to do at this stage. Let's continue forward. Let's let's be positive. Let's focus on yourself uh, and, and try to deal with this pain. So it's it's a it's a wide range of me trying to help people stay healthy and fit when they're going through the hardest times in their lives, or they're just everything's great and they just want to get in shape. It's as simple as that. Awesome. Everybody check Mike out on Instagram, Mike O'Hearn, O-H-E-A-R-N. And uh, Mike, again, my best to you and my best wishes to Mona. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I will see you guys in Dubai. What? I just you mean Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Well, I'll be in both. But yes, I will be at the UFC uh, in Abu Dhabi. So you guys can uh, uh, meet me there as well. I will be uh, going on over there. We just locked that deal down. Awesome. And uh, awesome. yeah, so we get to travel together for, for the first time now. Oh, that's so great. I, this is great. I, I love it. I plan on being in Abu Dhabi uh, at least uh, possibly. I think I get there Thursday through Sunday. So let me know when you're there and let's try to you know get together because it's you're a fascinating. Not have, you're not going to have no time, kid. I, I know. <laughs> Come on. I know. That's my usual story. And you're right about that. Have you have you been to Abu Dhabi? Ten times. I love it. So, you know, the routine. I let, yeah. I, I, yeah. And it's just it's a great place. It's a it's a very futuristic. I mean, you know it. Yeah, you love amazing. it. It's amazing. It's a great place to go. Sounds great, Mike. What about film and TV? Anything coming up? Is it something you just? Oh, for? yeah. Uh, we just finished up production on the Manson Brothers. Uh, this will be a movie that's coming out um, Halloween, mm -hmm. so you get to see uh, uh, Radiant Bobby. I play Radiant Bobby. Uh, Max Martini's uh, the director and producer of this one. Um, so it's it's a great project, and we uh, booked another two projects after that, um, where I, it's a great one. Uh, I get to play a Navy SEAL, a jacked-up Navy SEAL. Uh, and then we just finished a deal with Generation Iron um, to do a, uh, a big life story. So we got uh, three projects in the works right now, and uh, you know me. I love this television, videos, movies, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, I know it, and you're doing it, and all the success and best wishes to you. I'm so impressed. I Again, watching somebody for as long as I've watched you and, and the progression and evolutionary process of your career is fascinating and a pleasure to to view. So congratulations, Mike. You're doing it right, and you're, and you're helping others do it right, too, which means you're a really good person. Thanks a lot. Thanks, brother. All right, Mike. You take care. Please say hi to Mona, and I will see you in goals. When are you back in L.A.? I am back on Friday. And Very I know cool. you're not back Friday. Right? <laughs> I leave you're Friday. You're out. <laughs> yeah. I'm back and you're gone. I'll be back on Sunday, though. It's all good. Hey, um, right, your brother. podcast. Tell people about your podcast. Mornings with Titan. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's very new, but it exploded. And it's always about those guests, right? Um, yep. So we've had some incredible people. We had uh, uh, Don Rosso from the Navy SEAL 6, uh, SEAL Team 6, sorry. Um, same ones that uh, brought down Ben Laden and uh, Rampage Jackson and uh, Michael Bisbee. And we got just a great crew of people coming in. And here's the fun thing. I know you're going to enjoy this. So they have to come work out with me at four in the morning. And then they have breakfast. And then we sit down on the podcast and we, uh, we do it up. And I'm going to get you yeah. in there at some point. I'm going to get your butt up early. No problem. Hey, listen, I used to be a Dawn Patrol surfer almost every day of my life. I can get up uh, at four in the morning. True. Yeah, True. it's it's all good. I look forward to it, Mike. I would really enjoy that. Thanks, guys. All right, champ. Go do some good work on the celluloid film of life and have a great day. And all my best to you, brother. I'll see you when you get back in town. Done deal, man. Talk soon. Take care, Mike. There he is. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, like I said, with every word, my self-esteem just went down a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. It. It it's I, I mean very far fetched to find anybody that walks around consistently as he explained you know with his the way he looks the way he trains the way everything but it's it's really cool to hear he's a role model to others and think about something TJ thirty thousand members 
$7 a month. That's all I'm going to say. The man is a successful businessman, and I admire that, and he started from scratch. I think it's awesome, very awesome. Yeah, I need to figure out how to get uh, 30,000 people signed well, up to my Patreon. By the way, patreon.com forward slash between rounds people. Get over there. there Best post-fight radio show in the business. I think you just got six new members on your way to 30,000 in the last 30 seconds. We'll find Boom. out. If that's Boom. true, if that's true, checks in the mailbox. Awesome, awesome. All right, TJ. Um, last week we had the San Antonio show, and I have to say again that the UFC is consistently putting out awesome shows. Uh, the fights that occurred on this, I mean, there were, there were some pretty interesting uh, bouts here. Andre Arlovsky now on his way to potentially maybe getting a shot at a championship again. He's probably one of the longest fighters that's been fighting in the heavyweight division for years. Ex UFC, UFC 28. That's when he made his debut. It's amazing. And I think he's fought like four times in the last year and two months. He's always there ready to go. He's the only man, to my knowledge, to get a check that says SEG, Zoot, what, well, maybe you. Right? No, no I'm, I'm, I'm the other one. Yes, yep. SEG or Zufa. Yeah, one of the very few people yeah. who can claim they made checks both well, ways. Well, well, now even like the new company may still be Zufa, but, you know, it's a different company. So you and Andre Orlovsky, I think that's the trivia question. Who is the only man to work for every ownership uh, group of the Ultimate Fighting Championship? Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting question. No question. Um, saw some interesting performances uh, from some really good up-and-comers here. Uh Jin Su Son, uh, Son rather, uh, Jennifer Maya, Glitzen uh, Abreu. Uh, interesting, very interesting. Uh, the Raquel Pennington Irene Aldana fight I thought was an excellent fight. Boy, those those ladies went at it. Eric Alex Casera, Stephen Peterson putting on the show. Uh, James Vick and Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker coming in uh, just consistently keeping that record moving with his wins. Uh, Greg Hardy and and Juan the Kraken Adams. Um, Wow, that's one. But you know what? You know what's really impressive? I think one of the best combinations I've ever seen thrown in the octagon of my life was Walt Harris with the flying knee and the left and the left punch to follow through. Left cross or left hook. I forget exactly what it was. Dude. But wow. I mean, his nickname wow. is the big ticket. Uh he's a, big, a yep. he's a big reason you're gonna buy a ticket when he comes to town. Let me just say that. Yep. Big upcoming star in the heavyweight division. No question. He's got it written all over him. And Walt's got the it factor. You know what I mean by that? I, not everybody has the it factor. Walt Harris, in and out of the octagon, personality-wise, my impression from knowing him in the time that I've known him, has the it factor. And I hope he capitalizes on it and uh, shines for people to see and, and follow in his steps. And then you have Rafael Dos Anjos coming in, um, Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards showed me more in this fight Saturday night than I've ever seen him, though he always shows me everything in his fights. But he is a complete mixed martial artist. That's what I saw right there, more than ever. Do you agree? Uh, yeah. Uh, I did not expect him to win that fight. Uh, he did 49-46, um, I think, is the right scorecard, and that is domination of a former champion, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. So Leon Edwards, uh, more, much more than just the guy who got in a scuffle with Jorge Masvidal in the back. Yep, yep. What does he call that? Three, uh, three piece in a soda. Three piece in a soda. Right, exactly. Okay. Well, he took that and he turned it into a big win, and he's on his way too. We're going into Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Rogers Place. Um, looking forward to the show. Frankie Edgar, Max Holloway, UFC featherweight championship title on the line. Hoa, hoa. Frankie Edgar, another one. Amazing me for the longest time. 
Uh, Chris Cyborg, Felicia Spencer, Chris Cyborg stepping back into the octagon of featherweight. Everybody wants to see Chris Cyborg fight. Looking forward to that. Nico Price, Jeff Neal, uh, Olivier Ben Mercier against uh, Armand uh, Sukayan. I, I'm going to get that name correctly when I get in there. And um, a very interesting show. Canadian fighters on the card going down to the prelims. Looking forward to it. UFC 240 pay-per-view. I'll see you from the Octagon Saturday for that. Let's go into some other news and sports. Uh, boxing tragically had another death in the ring. Maxim Dadashev, he's dead at 28 years old. I'm so sorry to hear this. After in-ring injuries from his fight, uh, he went into a coma during a fight late uh, last, sat- last Friday evening. Uh, he has passed away, and it was announced on Tuesday. My condolences and best wishes go out to his family and loved ones. Always tragic. Boxing, at one point, I think the average was five or more boxers a year. And um, it's so funny. I, I, I'm not saying funny about the story, but as I'm talking about the story, Kristen just sent me an uh, email uh, saying this is a good story to talk about on the podcast to to pay homage to this boxer of the past as we're talking about it. So. Uh, it used to be five or more deaths a year. I don't know if that tally still stands in boxing, but tough sport, TJ, tough sport. I mean, combat sports are dangerous. And, combat um, sports, yeah. Unfortunately, from time to time, we are reminded that um, in the darkest of ways. And, uh, yeah, sad to see this uh, latest example of that. And, uh, you know, best to his family. Exactly. Now, another thing, and you want it's not a combat sport. It's called baseball. But did you hear the story this weekend that the Yankees' Luke Voigt took a 91-mile-an-hour baseball fastball to the face and stayed in the game? Damn. He, he took a baseball to the face, temporarily stayed in the game, and even ran the bases right afterward. That's a tough dude. Yeah, I'm surprised his face isn't broken. Uh, it says it made contact with the front of his face, grazing his lip and chin. Uh, it looked a lot worse. Um, I guess that's where you'd want to get hit. I mean, you don't want to lose your teeth and stuff, but that's way better than taking it off the, you know, the skull. Yeah, you could die. Yeah. Uh, And speaking of which, this is another story that it's horrible. Okay, to say the least, it's horrible. I can't even imagine what this man is going through. But a six-year-old Utah girl was was golfing, right? Was golfing with her dad, okay? She was actually killed by a golf ball that hit her, right? The horrible thing is her father's the one that hit the golf ball. Oh, no. Yep. Uh, oh, she my went, God. How? I, it, it, uh, here's what I say. I'm going to go into the story here. I'm going to have to read this to tell it correctly. I don't want to just talk about it. It says, a six-year-old girl died Monday after she was struck in the head by a golf ball that her father hit. Oh. She was sitting in a parked golf, court on a golf cart on a path to the left, and her father was teeing off. They were at the Sleepy Ridge Golf Course in Utah. She was flown to a hospital in critical condition. Um, the young girl was her consistent golfing buddy for her dad. They did this all the time. And the incident is being investigated as a tragic accident. They're not pursuing charges. They've not released the name of the girl and her father. But my gosh, this girl has to live, uh, this, excuse me, the father has to live with the loss of his daughter at his own mishap for the rest of his life. That's tough, TJ. It's tough. I mean, that, that level of depression is one I don't think you ever crawl out of. Yeah, in some way, shape, or form. I'll give you another incident here. I went golfing with um, with Henry and uh, uh, his dad, Chris, the other day, a couple weeks ago, right? So I'm standing there about 50, I'd say 50 feet. No, no, excuse me, about 40 yards in front of Henry, my 14-year-old godson. He hits the ball, 
slams me right in the shoulder. Had I caught that ball in the head, because it hurt, TJ, I'll be honest with you, it hurt. Had I caught that and put a mark on the shoulder, had I caught that in the head, I probably would have been knocked out. What, you know, what were you right doing place. standing directly in front of him? I was to the side. I wasn't directly in front. The ball took a turn and hit me in the shoulder, which you got to be careful when you're in the golf course. Now, his his father, Chris, was sitting in the golf cart, and other guys were coming the other direction. You know how the, you go to the end, you turn around, and the holes are going the other direction. And this crew was at least 50 yards away, and they hit a line drive while Chris is sitting in the golf cart like this poor young girl was. And he had glasses on. TJ, the ball missed his face, went by the front of his face, glass eye level. I would say it missed him by two inches in front of his face. All right. I'm never golfing again. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not bringing this up. This happened. I mean, I, it's I, just... I know. And I'm saying right now, like, maybe I'm never going to go golfing again. This is all terrifying. Yeah. It's a little, it's, I really like golfing say... too. You're ruining it for me, Buff. Come on now. Uh, no. Just learn how to say the, what do you say? Four. Four. Say four. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Uh, you know, we heard about Lee Murray, the biggest uh, heist, you know, that he was part of and uh, all the past that went on there. But get this, $5 million worth of gold was seized by United Kingdom police uh, on the trail of a drug cartel. You see these gold bricks. It's crazy. They were seized at London Heathrow Airport by Border Force officials um, who were doing an investigation. It's basically 229 pounds of gold was on its way to Switzerland from the Cayman Islands when it was seized. No arrests have been made, but that's a lot of gold, baby. That's a lot of gold. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you smuggle that? Like, how do you I don't know. think you're going to get how away you, with that? Yeah, how do you do that? 229 pounds. It doesn't make sense. So... Gold will now form. It now forms a large part of the international money laundering investigation that these Cayman authorities are are working on. So that's why they went after it. And in 2017, a Heathrow security worker was charged with attempting to import cocaine up worth up to 480,000 pounds, roughly 600,000 dollars, into the UK from South America. A lot of action going on in Heathrow. I would apparently, I, I guess. yeah. Like wow. I, and that, and that's the stuff we hear about, Buff. What what actually gets through? We don't hear about everything, and you know that. No, of course. Great. Well, I'm I'm also saying, what does nobody notice that gets smuggled successfully? Well, here's something that's going to blow you away again, and there's some bizarre stories that we're covering here. Workers were removing shelves and cores, right, from a former what they call no-frill supermarket in Council Bluffs, Iowa, right? And they were doing this in January. So while they were doing it, they discovered a body. The what? remains were behind. Yeah, they discovered a body behind it. And it turned out to be a formal, a former employee who worked at the market who has been missing for 10 years. They were there the whole time? There the whole time, TJ. What? The whole time. How? 10 years, dead. How do you he miss was, that? They think he fell into an 18-inch gap between the back of the cooler and the wall, and he became trapped, right? And because the noise from the cooler's compressors were so loud— they feel they figure that it probably concealed his attempts to call for help. Okay, and and it's cool, right? So and it's so that if the body didn't, didn't decompose right, properly, right? Right. Oh right. man. Yep. Oh man. They, but I mean, uh, some here's the problem for me at least. Logic would tell you somebody knew he was at work, right? Mm-hmm. The next day, no one sees him. Mm-hmm. So his last known whereabouts would have been work. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't anybody look around work? Well, you know, again, they were they removed this area. It's not like you're not. Gonna, would you think to look behind a, a compressor or a cooler in an 18 inch gap, thinking that that's where he was? Would it even occur to you? I mean, if that was his last known whereabouts, maybe, maybe a cursory glance. Well, the investigators feel that when he went to the supermarket, he climbed on top of one of the coolers, which is used as storage for merchandise. And he said that sometimes employees would go there to hide when they wanted to take an unofficial break. So who knows? It's just it's tragic, but just oh my god, that's crazy, crazy. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's get into the world of film and TV. Okay, The Lion King grossed 185 million at the box office despite bad reviews this weekend. Um, it's swimming in money, makes one of the best openings ever. Uh, 185 million, crazy. John Wick three, I saw it when I was on the road in San Antonio. I've uh, been waiting to see this. Going to watch it with the boys because I'm they're on John Wick 1 and 2. They can't wait to see 3. I'm going to see it again. You know why? Damn good. Good movie. Action nonstop. It went to the next level. And Halle Berry kicks butt. I got to tell you, Halle Berry was at a recent UFC. She looked great. She's you know She played Catwoman, and she's always out there ready to get physical. But, man, she put in her work for this movie. This is really, really good. I don't want to give anything away. If you're a John Wick series franchise fan, go see it. All right, everybody, comedy pays a lot of money, TJ. Eddie Murphy has not been doing stand-up comedy forever. He's uh, itching to get back on stage to perform comedy. Netflix is handing out big money to people for comedy. Dave Chappelle scored $60 million for three stand-up specials. That's $20 million each. Chris Rock got $40 million for two specials the year before. Um, they expect Eddie Murphy's deal and the negotiations are working right now. It's not firm. To confirm the exact figure, but they're talking $70 million to do a comedy special for Netflix. How about that? How do they make that money? I mean, I'm, I'm outing myself here. Monthly but, monthly hey, memberships. Yeah, but I, are... I have Netflix, but I don't pay for it. You know what how I mean? Do not, how do you not pay for Netflix? My buddy's got Netflix. He gives me his password. I give him my password something else. Well, that's not breaking the law. He's borrowing I, your friend's account. You uh, know? Pretty sh- I mean... But but here's the thing. How do they pay $70 million when I'm not the only one sharing a password? Right now, people that have had movies direct to big theaters, such as Adam Sandler, uh, others I can name, Sylvester Stallone, I'll go on and on and on. They're making movies direct to Net- uh, uh, Ben Affleck. They're making movies direct to Netflix who's paying big bucks, and it's big money. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I'm working on. I, I shouldn't tell you. I shouldn't tell you. Then don't tell announce, me. Don't tell me. I, I'm going to be announcing somebody something of my involvement in the world of comedy, and I will be making this announcement in the next 30 to 60 days. Now I'm going to leave it at that. How's that? We're taking this road show, or we're taking the show on the road. Coming to a comedy club near you, the It's Time podcast. No comment. No comment. But maybe soon it's time for comedy. That's all I'm going to tell you. That's it. We'll leave it at that. Okay, um, working on it, work in progress. We talked about this on the show recently, I think just a couple weeks ago, about the three original NASA moon landing videos that were going up for auction and the prediction about what they were going to sell for. Right. Right? Okay, and that was the one that the guy found, like he just held on to it forever. Okay, the auction just happened, TJ. And as usual, what do you think they sold for? I have no idea. $1.82 million. Wow. One videotapes, TJ. Three that, that were fabricated in a basement in Hollywood. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie Bravo. Is he on the show? Is he there with you? No, no, he's not here. I'm just, I. It's in my contract at EBI to say things like that. 
Of course, of uh-huh. course, of course. Okay. By the way, I saw. I did tell you. I went to uh, uh, the Tuesday night comedy show up at the Comedy Store that a lot of our friends, Joe Rogan and others, Tony Hinchcliffe, are in. And I saw Eddie Bravo's act for the first time. How have was you it? seen him do it? I have not it seen was, it. I've heard great things, was, though. It was great. It was really good. He had me. I, you know, I, I kind of felt like the older brother looking at the young. Yeah, you know, I've known him for so long, and I just was so proud of him, TJ. I was laughing my ass off. He was funny. He's comfortable. He does it well. He's working at his craft. Um, it's not easy doing stand-up, and if people get a chance to see Eddie Bravo, I'm telling you, go see him. He's funny. Yeah, he's a he funny is guy. funny. Okay, our feel-good story before we end the show. Thieves stole $9 from a girl's lemonade stand that she had up for charity. Is that disgusting? In Naperville, Illinois, she's an 11-year-old girl. She, sets, girl. she sets up a stand in her family's neighborhood, right? She's selling refreshments to benefit Feeding America, which is a national network of food banks. After she took in nine bucks, a group of teenagers grabbed the money basket and drove off with it. She was absolutely devastated, it says, right, which I could just imagine. You know the nice thing, TJ? Police and neighbors rallied, and they gave her more than $300, which she was able to give to her charity to light up her life and help her get through that little instance, not that horrible instance that she went through. So it didn't have the effect it could have had, although I'm sure it had an effect on her. But I just find this to be a feel-good story. That's police and neighbors rallying to raise the money this is when i hope karma is a real thing yes you know and uh if it is karma is a bitch well good so we'll see what happens to them on that note we'll keep it on the feel good side again everybody uh we're having another record month for the videos and audio introduction recordings business recordings podcast recordings getting a lot of podcast recordings requests birth of babies, you name it, just send your request, whatever it might be, through brucebuffer.com. The championship intros, the prices are set. The order form is on the site. We've made them very inexpensive for you. We've not changed the prices for over two years, and it was a special we ran at that Christmas two years ago. No reason to change the prices. It's my way of giving back to the UFC fans. And for your purchases, again, partial proceeds go to animal, military, and children's charities. UFC 239 cards just sold at auction with the Jorge Masvidal Ben Askren um, fight card selling for $1,700. The other cards following. Very good auction. That is benefiting the Lost Dogs Foundation in Santa Monica, California, where I know the money goes directly to take care of these beautiful animals that are looking to be adopted. Again, that's the Lost Dog Foundation in Santa Monica, California. Check it out. Um, TJ, anything to tell the audience before we sign off? No, just uh, go sign up. I need more than six more people on my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash between rounds. We just started working with Dean Thomas. Uh, who else is over there? Uh, King Mola Wall. Uh, former Strike Force champ, so uh, some personalities that people are aware of. Uh, Going to try to bring in some more uh, people very soon. So uh, support our cause, Patreon.com forward slash Between Rounds. Absolutely support it. It's a great thing you got going on there, TJ. Thanks to Michael Hearn for being on the show. TJ, thank you for being my co-host on the show and producer. Um, Eleven plus years now, and we will be back next week with another solid show on It's Time Radio. Everybody. Have a great week. TJ, you have a great week, too. Okay, my friend, I will see you all from the Octagon on Saturday in Edmonton, Canada, for an exciting show, as it has been consistently with the UFC. With that being said, everybody, set your goals. Write them down. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Learn everything you can about your goals so when you step on the path, you are the best you can be. And that is because you're winning at that point. As we talk about in its time, we talk about winning. We talk about being the best you can be. And I want you all to have a great week. Be back next week for another fun show. Buffer out.
Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.